0: Hello and welcome to the Madecast, the official podcast of the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment. A series of lectures on video game history as part of the Made's ongoing effort to preserve history through teaching and displaying playable exhibits of rare games and consoles.
1: For life in the time of COVID has forced us to close our doors for now. The support of people like you has allowed us to continue to bring history to you through lectures and interviews like the one you hear in a few minutes. I'm Chun
0: And I'm Red. Uh this week we are covering the Game Boy. It was one of the most popular systems of all time and it left its a very long lasting mark on games in general. Uh it is an exciting system to touch on and get a little bit of give give you all a little bit of history about.
1: And it is technically the part of gaming console right on my generation.
0: Same. Uh that was like I was born a little bit after the first Game Boy, but grew up with Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. Uh,
1: yeah, the, the the Game Boy Advance Special was my very first gaming console.
0: Yeah, it's uh, mine was uh, I believe mine was the PS2, but this, my second was the Game Boy Advance, uh, the the original Game Boy Advance, and it came with uh, Pokemon Crystal. Uh, it was. That was quite a time, but I'll tell that story once we get to the system in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but before we get do that, we have a little bit of news this week. Nothing mu- nothing major has been happening in the news department regarding mini games, but we have a little bit to touch on.
1: So, by the time we record today, is 27th of April, and this is the 30th anniversary yes. for Kirby.
0: This is a big anniversary. I mean, this is it's pretty cool that they've I mean, a, about a month prior they've released yeah, their Kirby game, Kirby in the yeah, Forgotten switch, Land, uh, by the way. Uh yes, uh, it does look it does look like a blast and I really want to give that a shot in a little bit. Uh but there's other other expenses in the line first before another Switch game. Uh it's we have like Kirby has left a gigantic mark on Nintendo, and is pretty much their second most popular mascot uh, behind Mario. Uh, So, happy anniversary, Kirby, and we hope to see you again in the future, very soon. Yeah, the the Um, pink devil. Yeah, little pink devil, the pink glutton. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Overwatch 2... Uh, also has uh, their beta start today, as of this recording, the 27th of April. So we will, like, that's exciting. Um, If you can get a shot at it, I would recommend doing that. I might also do that later today. Um, But the only other, well, get your hands on it while you can to check out the beta and see what the game's about. Um, Last little bit of news we have is the Bethesda Games launcher has began to shut down, and it's... You're now able to start transferring your games over to Steam. So, if you ever use that, although I don't know many who did, give it give it a shot. Uh,
1: I'm actually surprised they didn't did it like earlier, but actually now because I I like it's 2022. I think most of stuff on Steam already,
0: (laughs) but it's a good move. It's a, yeah, I, I agree with you that it's a good move. It needs to be, uh, probably should have been done a little bit sooner, but it's, it is what it is. Uh, it'll all be passed down to, like everything, you, like you said, it could be bought on Steam already. There's no real reason to use the games launcher. There wasn't really any essential benefit to it that I ever saw, but didn't really see anybody try to use it. Um, uh, but let's get started with the Game Boy. So, the initial release of the Game Boy. Uh, imagine it's 1989. Uh, the Nintendo has been re- uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System has already been released, and has the um has the Super Nintendo been released yet?
1: Uh, not yet. So. What happened okay. is uh, they have family computer, which is yes. called NES in NA, released in 1983. So the background of the Game Boy is that they have opponents in the market by the time, which is Mega Drive, as known as Genesis, and PC Engine. So yes. in order to, to compete with those opponents, they, actually, they are actually making SNES, which is also called Super Family Computer in Japan. Mm-hmm. They're developing it, and meanwhile, someone in Nintendo they say we gotta make a, a a portable gaming console which allows you allows the player to play multiple games instead of like Game Watch. There's only one game in the console, and th- there comes the idea of Game Boy.
0: Yeah, uh, the game like it was like it, the invent, it was invented by Gunpei Yokoi and he was like he's been like a consultant and developer for Nintendo for years and years prior he was the one who created the the pad on the original famicom nes uh so to see them do that with a a portable system uh there was already like su- a bunch of success with the game and watch series of handheld games which were Individual games that you could just pick up that were like black and white screens, uh, and it was one game with one handheld console.
1: Yeah, very. It's a very interesting fact that the the Game Boy when it's in development is actually not fell not very well received in inside the, the Nintendo company because they're thinking like we have NES already, we have we are making Super NES, and now. It, Suddenly, all in the middle, we got to make a monochrome portable gaming co- console. They don't really think the consumer will like about it.
0: Yeah, it, but they were supremely surprised by their success. It it was one of the like quickest selling consoles of all time, and also just a lot of people who didn't have like a regular home console got these instead. So it was, but the Game Boy was. Very pioneering. It had, like, a contrast bar, the original one. Game Boy is, like, it had a contrast bar. It had four AA batteries in the back, so you could last but anywhere between 10 to 15 hours. On the release of the original Game Boy, I think it was about 40,000 units were sold on the release day in America. Uh, so, like, it quickly became one of Nintendo's greatest consoles and releases of all time in fact it's the third most possible uh the game boy and the game boy color uh the base consoles were the third most popular console of all time uh but including the later versions of it like the advance and the advance special it's crosses over two million and is easily the most sold uh most popular console of all time
1: yeah, I think by the time the the Game Boy was sold, like dollars bucks too, which is not quite a big amount compared to what we pay for a portable gaming consoles nowadays. I mean, yes, technically the only one left is Nintendo Switch, but <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, the Nintendo, I mean, yeah, with the with the cease of sales of the DS, which was uh, like the successor to the Advance, but it, uh, to the Game Boy, uh, there's no real handheld competition at the moment. It's now kind of, I mean, the Steam Deck is taking many strides from the Switch in the fact that it's like you can put it on a dock and then you can bring it with you. So you can play it on a screen and you can play it on the go. It, it's like it. the handheld gaming scene has not been the same since the release of the Switch, uh, which was kind of like the regular portable game killer but the Nintendo Game Boy was like very pioneering for its time easily portable uh which in regards to this, like some of its competitors like the Neo Geo uh portable handheld and the Sega Game Gear they were which were a lot chunkier the popularity of the games was in a, like a big thing about Nintendo's Game Boy as well uh like Sega had the Sonic games, but not a lot of other not, not a lot of other popular games that really broke through as well as Nintendo's titles have, but Nintendo released the Game Boy with Tetris and Super Mario Land in North America. The big thing that ended up selling a lot of the Game Boy was the original Pokemon games, Pokemon Red and Blue. Uh, you can't really talk about the Game Boy without talking about these games because these were it was such a huge like advancement in just what people like expected from portable games and everything like that uh the ability with the link cable was originally with tetris so you can like play against somebody in tetris at this like in the original release of it but with the release of the pokemon games which was like a marketing genius thing to release two versions of the same game and then you in order to like complete each game you needed to connect with somebody else or buy both versions of the game.
1: I think it is safe you can say the Pokemon game series is always evolving together with the Nintendo consoles.
0: Yes. Uh like the po- like the Pokemon series has been a staple ever since the initial success uh on the Game Boy uh but the Game Boy was also like just super strong lasted all the time. I mean, people would drop those things all the time, and there was noth- not an issue. Uh, it there's no there's no surprise why it was such a huge success. I mean, at the time they were skeptical, but the price point and just the games that were available uh, made it a very enticing console to have. There was also a, a lot of other like peripherals. I mean, it was a monochrome screen that didn't have any light behind it. So then they added one that had (laughs) a light. Uh... They do, in
1: fact. So after the release of Game Boy, they actually make two different versions of Game Boys before they have a next generation of it. One is called a Game Boy Pocket, which they, of course, just as a name, they make it a more compact version of Game Boy. It's Mm at around, I think, 1996 and another version which is more special and it i don't think you can find many of them because it's only released in japan it's actually called the game boy light because the original game boy has has no back lead for the for the screen so it's pretty dark without any yes of light.
0: It, it's very difficult to and, see one of the original game boys and
1: very funny it's released on 1998 only in Japan, which is six months before the next generation of Game Boy being released.
0: Yeah, they, they were really just... They were not... They were already had other plans in mind with the Game Boy Color. Uh, it ended up... The Game Boy Color ended up being a 16-bit console. So, with the release of the Super Nintendo in 92, uh, like, there was already, like, a, a series of 16-bit and even 32-bit games from Sega with the Saturn and everything with the yeah, with the Saturn and even the 32 X for the master system, which is another interesting peripheral. It was, uh, the nineties was a big time for just different peripheral plastic items to attach to all of your consoles. It was very, uh, it, it was very like you had to be there kind of thing. I mean, there's still a little bit of like peripherals that you can get for games nowadays, but yeah, the nineties was peak, uh, you also say it's, uh, the, it's
1: the golden age.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then the Game Boy Color was also released uh, with the next generation of Pokemon games, Gold and Silver, which were some of the most popular games. It was a 16-bit console with a color screen, hence the name Game Boy Color. Uh, it was... Uh, like, their major competitors were uh, the Neo Geo Pocket and the... Uh, and like the sn the snk uh the wonder swan uh no the neo geo pocket by snk and then the wonder swan uh which was also was also released uh in japan only but after the design of the game boy and uh, the game boy light the gunpei yokoi left nintendo and then uh yeah, they left Nintendo and then they went to design their own console, which featured two D pads on the same side, uh, as well as an A and B button. Uh, that was released in Japan only. Uh, did not receive as big of a like a joyous reception uh, overseas or anything. There was no plans to release it in America or the, or Europe, but there's. It was just amazing to see how. He went on to do something else, but then Nintendo ran with it with the color. Uh, yeah, and then also the competitors
1: also make a color version, but then no match for Game Boy in terms of dominating the market by the time.
0: Yes, the like the the spread that Nintendo had with the Game Boy across like Europe and North America and Japan was nothing compared to uh, was like so large and like pervasive compared to any of the other competitors. Um, with, with the Game Boy Color, uh, the popularity was a bit waning, and so they wanted to jump ahead into the future a little bit, so they released the Game Boy Advance in 2001. Uh, this is the 32-bit uh, console with a 2.9-inch uh, screen that was a bit widescreen as well so like the quality of games on the nintendo and it also added an l and r shoulder button
1: yep it was it was by the request from the game developers because they they really want an l and r buttons so they finally added it
0: yeah they, yes they finally added it and it was a large it was a great hit to like advance the gameplay the that was probably my Like I mentioned earlier, the Game Boy Advance is where I really dove into it. I did get to play Super Mario and Tetris on the original Game Boy a few times, but those were always like at my older friends' houses that they had those. uh, The Game Boy Advance was my big entry into this, and it was. I brought that thing everywhere. Being able to play that on car rides and, yeah, play Pokemon. I got really into the. the Mega Man Battle Network series for the Game Boy Advance.
1: I I still remember those day. I was playing like Pokemon Far Red and Leaf Green, which which is which is already the version with colors and better better qualities of graphics already. I would just bring it everywhere with me on oh, transportation. Oh my god! Yes. And then I'll would, I would bring it to school and play it under my desk while having class. Yes. <laughs> All those times. Those are some good times. Yep.
0: Yep. You Yeah. You hide Yeah. I like I was a Leaf Green person myself. Uh I I really loved the original and then uh, yeah, the original fire red and leaf green. That's my first ever gaming console and my first ever Pokemon game. Yeah, it's they are uh, it's it's such a leap uh i remember just spending so much time with the advance and then friends with like again with the peripherals like a magnifying glass clip that stood like four inches away from the screen <laughs> that magnified the screen a little bit and then you can have a, a separate little dongle light that like plugged in and was just angly and weird uh it it was uh, a very incredible console and then just with the release of like the third generation of Sapphire and Ruby, again, just the like bringing it everywhere and trading with all the kids around that you could find. Just it was such a great, uh, it was such a time to actually bring consoles around.
1: And I think the the evolution on their audio device is actually quite a big help on pushing all these stuff to be such great. Because like in the in the previous field generation of Game Boy, they are only be able to produce analog sound with a, I think it's a pulse generator and there's a four bit PCM sample channel, and then there's also a noise generator. and that's it. but but they they're also available to output zero sound, which is I think it's pretty impressive for the time. But for the Game Boy Advance, they actually finally be able to add digital voice mm-hmm. in, in the in the game board yeah so it was it's a i say it's a very very huge improvement
0: yeah it and it it's really amazing just because of like the limitations of those of what you're able to produce with all that compatibility produce some really memorable soundtracks for everything. Like I still have, I still have the Mega Man theme songs stuck in my head. Oh, like, Oh, <laughs> like, I mean, just like all the sounds and everything else. Like it's, they, they really nailed getting the f- like like They really just nailed the feeling of getting everything together. It, it's uh, like the sound and creating a world and like an, uh, a really catchy loop of tracks that you could not really get tired of the more you like all you play. Uh, It's, it's really incredible. Uh, And then the other advancements technologically with the color, I mean, it was able to show uh, like over 32,000 colors. Uh, It had a dual CPU, so it can play the games of the original Game Boy and the color, but, with the advance in the future as well, it was able to play everything backwards. Along with that, uh, two years after the r- release of the Game Boy Advance, which was al- another game which was not backlit, which was also interesting because like they did release the Game Boy Light in Japan, but it took them until the Game Boy Advance S, the special in which was like a clamshell flip phone looking game console which was one of my that is actually my first
1: ever game console and the uh, the special
0: was you didn't have the original game boy advance
1: yeah i didn't own the original one but i owned the the game boy advance special
0: did you get the origin like there was the original one that had like a front-lit screen and then there was a backlit screen on uh like, an advancement of it, which really brightened the colors a lot better than the front-lit screen, which was just kind of meh. Because I had the the first round of it with the front-lit, which definitely didn't get... Uh...
1: I think I I have to do the second round yeah.
0: with a, uh, a back-lit. I was always envious of the dudes who had those. It was... Like oh, it looks so much better. Like you could actually see everything. Yeah,
1: I just don't know how. I just don't know whether it's still working or not because um, the last last time I remember trying to play it, I I can't save any game.
0: And <laughs> yeah, I like I had an issue with I like I had an issue with my uh, Game Boy Advance. At least my it came with Pokemon Crystal. But when I got, when I was playing Crystal, there was a, I think the save battery in the cartridge was uh, dead because at a certain point I was playing and then it wouldn't maintain the save file. So that was always a bit rough because I would lose my level 26 Croc Uh, uh I got it to level 32 or I, I evolved it to Feraligator once while just. Cons- like I, I had to leave it in because you couldn't wirelessly charge it on the original. Uh, on the original Game Boy Advance, it was a two double A. Uh, screen, but then if my save battery wouldn't save, then I wouldn't have time. I think I had a very like limited time frame to swap out batteries. After <laughs> Talking I about batteries, is, there's a fun thing about uh, the Game Boy Advance
1: special is that they no longer use the battery that they used to be using. Instead, they they finally moved to the lithium battery instead,
0: mm hmm uh yeah, they finally moved to the like they finally moved to a rechargeable battery system, which was a lot a lot easier i mean, it was a bit pricier of a console for the time uh, like over a hundred dollars, I believe yeah. for the special and but having it recharged and not having to buy packs and packs of batteries all the time was definitely a bit. Definitely a bit better and less wasteful. Um, there's there was just so many other. Uh, yeah, I just remember so many good times with uh, Game Boy Advance SP. It was a very big staple of my gaming as a child, uh, as well as like with the with the uh, anniversary of Kirby. Uh, Nightmare and Dreamland was my big Kirby game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that uh... was. Yeah, I I hundred percented that game really hard. Kirby, like I, that's another game that's just stuck in my mind uh, with all the soundtrack and everything about it. It's it's an amazing, it was an amazing system in very much of its time. Uh, and then, sadly, in two thousand five, the last version of the Game Boy was released called the Game Boy Micro. Uh, they wanted the Game Boy to be the most compact. Uh, they downsized the screen again to a two inch screen it is really uh, very tiny it, yeah it it wasn't a they just wanted to make it like super portable but then they sacrificed like the enjoyment of what the special advan- like the special was to me yeah it also wasn't it, it was'
1: it, it's, it is also no longer able to play the older games because of how small they have to make they have to take out some components that... Allows the hardware to play some older games, even though they still have the the dual CPU inside to run the games, but they're just it's just lacking other components of it.
0: Yeah, it it, it was um yeah uh, yeah I mean I like I have r- fairly large hands and I never was able to really enjoy playing with a micro. I had two people that I knew had one, but then it was uh. Yeah, they they didn't really touch it. They ended up just playing their special a lot more.
1: But one uh, fun thing I think they add is the function to adjust the light level or the screen.
0: Yes. For all the previous backlit ones, it was either on or off. You couldn't really adjust the brightness. I mean, which was kind of interesting because with the color and with the original Game Boy, you had a contrast bar that you could change. Yeah, that you could cha- like uh, adjust the contrast depending on like what level of light you're in and make it more visible. The advancement of the light level would have been better on some of the other consoles, especially this. Like I, I do think the special would have also had a great one, but I believe it was in two thousand six or two thousand seven when Nintendo, the Nintendo DS, was the next generation of handhelds from Nintendo that was taken off uh, a few years later. Uh, it received. It had a dual screen and a touch screen on the bottom. Uh, it was able to play Game Boy Advance games from the bottom and then the new Nintendo DS games on top, which was pretty incredible because it was also a 64-bit handheld system, so you could play like Super Mario 64 on it, uh, which was one of the big release titles. But... The Game Boy That's was... That's another story. Yes, that is another
1: story for another time. Jesus, to me, it feels like yesterday.
0: Yes, uh, it's... The Nintendo DS was a whole other story and like a whole other time, but the Game Boy was the big pioneer of handheld games and was the clear star of... was the clear star of the handheld series uh, and definitely left its mark on gaming history. Uh love and it's mark on my heart. <laughs> uh yep. It'll forever be one of the greatest consoles ever released and if and if you once you come into the museum, uh once we're back open again, you can get your hands on one of the originals and give some of these classic games a start, even see some of these peripherals that you can light up the screen and have fun with but the Nintendo Game Boy, uh, the Game Boy Advance ceased production in the mid-2000s, and... Six? Yes, I, I think 2006 you weren't able to get any brand new Game Boy Advances, but there was many other handhelds that came from the inspiration that the Game Boy gave to the rest of the gaming community. Uh, So, we salute you, uh, Gunpei Yokai, uh, as well. Thank you for designing this amazing console, and rest in peace. Uh, He unfortunately passed away in 1997 in a traffic accident. But, the Game Boy still lives on in our hearts and all of your innovations as well. So, I think that's it for the Game Boy history uh, for this episode of The Maid. But... Let's talk a little bit about what we've been playing recently. I mean, neither of us have been playing a ton of things. Life has kind of gotten ahead of us, and we've been...
1: Yeah, but I do pre-order tons of stuff for my Nintendo store.
0: Oh, yes. So what are some yeah. of the things that, like, let's do a what you're looking forward to play most at the moment.
1: So I first, in, I first pre-ordered uh, Monsanto Rise Sunbreak, which is the latest expansion of Monsanto Rise, which will be released on, I believe, 29th of June. That's the first game I pre-ordered. And then I was looking at Xenobay 3 and Splatoon 3, and when I was about to purchase both of them which is quite a number i also remember nintendo has actually an offer for the um for the for the members of their online plan which allows you to buy two games with the price of about 100 bucks
0: that's a that's a decent discount for some switch games so
1: yeah and it's not only two games it's two new games so yes that's so I can get I can get both Cinoblade free and Splatoon free with just a price of a hundred bucks, which is I think it's a very valuable trade. That is
0: that is a that is a very good price. Yeah. I would absolutely agree. If you think, think about that, like... the
1: Cinoblade free, I think it just itself, it sells about seventy to eighty bucks. So
0: Yeah. Uh it's the next uh I'm I'm looking forward to the Xenoblade as well. I haven't like I never like got too into it, but this one looks really fun. Um uh I haven't like pre ordered anything as of yet. Uh the my big interest to get uh is the indie game Outer Wilds. That's my next kind of more interested purchase. And and it's not a big one, but I'm just still waiting to take care of a few other things before I pull the trigger on it. Um I'm also going to be going to uh, <clears throat> my other set of series of games that I'm really interested. Uh, I've just been playing Elden Ring a little bit more. Um, getting further and further, it is still, I am like the size of this game is just so ridiculous. Uh, I
1: mean, Soul Game is Soul Game.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, even for a Souls game, I mean, it's like three or four times bigger than Dark Souls 3 was. And Dark Souls, I thought Dark Souls 3 was a big game. Uh, it's it's like i'm very very enjo- very much enjoying my time with the game uh but i've also just been playing a lot of tabletop games recently like oh that's get, great yeah getting into flux getting into some munchkin playing my old standby cribbage uh getting into some more like in person games with some of my friends as well um but i think that's about all that we have for this week about we've, what we've got going on. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment's official podcast. Uh, if you have any thoughts, questions, corrections, or general museum ideas, please shoot us an email at info at themade.org.
1: We'd like to send out a big thank you to everyone who donated recently and to our Patreon supporters who keep the meat afloat. Patreon donors get to listen to this podcast one week before its release on major streaming services, and we we'll continue that with future episodes every week.
0: This week's episode was brought to you in part by Patreon donors Chase Azimi and Matt Gorse. Uh, thank you so much for your support.
1: Until next time,
0: I'm Chip. And I'm Red. Uh, thank you. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Later, gamers.
1: It just says this week, so. I know, I I know. I gotta cut it. Okay. (laughs)